Hi, I'm Etana. And I'm Joanna. Um, and we're both in grade 12, and we go to Edge on Friday nights. Yeah, okay. Um, so basically today we're going to be talking about um, spiritual dryness um, and perseverance and advancement. Um, so yeah, and we wanted to just encourage you um, with our message today. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm going to start off with spiritual dryness. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, or like what I interpret it as, is um, not having motivation to serve God or not putting God first and just feeling like you don't feel like worshiping God um, or like you have doubts about God. So this has always been a constant struggle in my life. Um, yeah, so I got baptized recently, like last last year Christmas time, and um, I was, during that time, I was still sustaining my spiritual high from SYC, but later, when the new year came rolling around, I kind of, um, my faith faltered, because I was so busy with school, and homework, and extracurriculars, like sports, student council, because I was very involved, and the thing is, like, I felt like, I said, oh, I don't have time for God, it's just like, you know, too much stuff to do. Um, but what the real problem was that I didn't prioritize God. Um, I had a bunch of time for other things, but I just didn't prioritize God. So that made me vulnerable to spiritual dryness. It was really hard, too, because since I go to a public school, um, I'm surrounded by people who don't believe in God and people who are really open about not believing in God. Um, and then also... Somehow, for some reason, like, my English teacher really likes talking, um, like, about this philosophical questions, like, oh, what is life? Um, what is the meaning of life? Um, what is beauty? What is justice? And the thing is, like, this was in a non-Christian environment, so it was really hard to keep my ground and stand strong because I kind of had different views from people in my class and my teachers also, and my teacher is conducting everything. So it was really hard. Um, and the thing is, like, if we talked about these philosophical questions at church, it would have totally boosted up my faith. But since it wasn't, it really bring, made my faith go down. Um, yeah, so that kind of led me to where um, spiritual low kind of thing. Um, yeah, and also this year especially, for some reason, I have this friend. Like, I, she's my friend, and I love her. But also, she's, she's the type of person that's really open about her being an atheist, her saying, like, oh, God doesn't exist, and, like, all the reasons why. And also in comparative civilizations class, um, we learn about evolution, and we watch do documentaries about um, evolution and evidence of it and all that stuff. And it was really hard because, you know, it's pretty, you know, every, my surroundings was just difficult to be in for as a Christian. And she's like, my friend is the type of person that's, you know, yeah. So, and she, she sits right beside me because she is my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so during that time, I could have easily got, um, doubted God. And because the pressure was so strong around me. But through that, I chose God. So this is perseverance. Um, yeah, so I kept persevering. And I thought of a Bible verse that really related to what I was going through. 
gotta find it. <laughs> um, next slide. So yeah. Yeah, okay. So fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So I interpreted this verse and I felt it really spoke to me because, you know, I have to fight to be a strong Christian. I have to persevere. And through this perseverance, I went into um, advancement. Um, yeah, and also, like, the part where it says, um, I made testimony to, like, everybody, all the witnesses, that kind of referred to my baptism, and because I got baptized, one of the main reasons of why I got baptized is because, um, I wanted to choose God over other things that would have doubted my faith. Um, yeah. Oh, I found it now. I found the verse. Anyways, okay, so, um... Now, I also want to connect what I was talking about. Actually, you know what? Um, Let's do this. So, I have a good analogy for what I was going through about faith and, you know, how to, like, persevere through and stuff like that. So, um, so faith is like a muscle. You know, like, to get, to gain muscles, you got to work out, go to the gym, um, and work really hard on it, and go to the gym even when you feel like, oh, I don't want to go, like, I feel like it's not going to make a difference, you know, like, one day is not going to make a difference. But later, like, it leads on to more days like that. And that's kind of how spiritual dryness kind of goes. Like, it starts off really small and becomes bigger. Um, yeah, in addition, in addition to exercising, you also need a good diet. Because, you know, it's not, you're not going to be productive if you don't have a good diet and you're just working out. Um, so in this analogy, a diet would be knowing and reading the Bible, knowing everything in it, um, so that you can apply those, the knowledge to um, when tough times come your way, you can apply the knowledge to those times, and it can help you grow. So Yeah, so you eat up all the messages, and um, yeah. So also, when you work out and you want to be productive, you have to, you know, diet, like I said, and exercise, but you also will need a trainer, an exercise trainer, and that exercise trainer would be Jesus. Because Jesus will be right by your side, you know, encouraging you. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you need help lifting a dumb bar or something, um, you might need help doing it. So then Jesus will help you start it off. So that's kind of like a spiritual high. But then later, you know, like he can't always help you, like, lift it up because you're not going to gain any muscle during that, like, if you do that. So that's why he'll let go and let you take it on. And that's when he leaves. Um, he's still by your side, but then... You know, you don't have a spiritual high, and you're kind of by yourself trying to lift this thing. And he's encouraging you on the side. So with this, I'm going to transition to a quote that I found when I was reading the Screw Tape Letters. The Screw Tape Letters, if you don't know, is written by C.S. Lewis, the same person who wrote the books of the series of Narnia. Um, and the Screw Tape Letters is basically about a senior devil, Screw Tape, um, and then he. He writes letters to his nephew. So everything that he says, it's like the book is a collection of letters to his nephew. So everything is from the devil's point of view. So I'm going to read it. It says, and I also put brackets just so it's easier to understand. Um, So God, or sorry, he, which means God, will set them off with communications of his presence, referring to the spiritual high. 
um, which the faint seemed to seem great to them with emotional sweetness and easy conquest over temptation. But he never allows the state of affair to last long. Sooner or later he withdraws, if not in fact, at least from their conscious experience. All those supports and incentives, um, he leaves the creatures, or creature, as humans, to stand on its own legs, to carry out from the, alone, from the will alone duties which have lost all relish. During such truth, much more than during the past, than during the peak periods, that is growing into a sort of, uh, a sort of, Where am I? Creature? Creature? Second. What? Much more than peak periods. As going to this, this sort of creature he wants it to be, hence the prayers offered in the state of dryness are those which please him best. So, to get out of the um, spiritual dryness, you really do, like it says, you really need to pray during your spiritual dryness, even when you don't feel like it, even when it's a drag, even when you feel like, oh, no one's listening, I'm just talking to myself. But, you know, God really is talking. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, so, on Tana. Yeah, actually, so, while she was sharing, um, I was just thinking of something, and it was, during these points of spiritual dryness, I kind of, like, thought of it as, like, preparing for an event. You know how um, when we're preparing for an event, there's, like, many months that lead up to just one day where um, you want it to be spectacular, but those, all those months of preparation, nobody knows what it is, and I kind of feel like it's spiritual dryness. Like, we don't know why it's happening, and it's causing a lot of anxiety and stress, but the more we're preparing, the more we're in that place of spiritual dryness, and the more we're persevering, the greater that, like, God is going to do. Like, there's going to be incredible things, like, happening after um, and yeah, and so my theme about, um, I want to be sharing is about stepping in. Um, so it's actually a theme that was from Worship Central's conference that I had the privilege of attending, but, um, I just wanted to talk about how God was moving in my life this year. Um, just because last year it was definitely, I was definitely in a point of spiritual dryness where I was doubting a lot. Um, I just, just didn't really believe in God anymore. Um, but this year just completely changed. Um, so it actually started when um, I went to a, I went with a friend to go to a youth group at 10th Church. And I remember I was just going there because I wanted my friend to transition into that church easier. And it's good to have a familiar face. Um, but by the second week I was there, they somehow put me on their worship team because they thought I wanted to be a part of it. But I really, really didn't. Um, I was like, when I got, when my name was showed up, like showed up on there, I was just like, that's not me. But then I was too scared to say no because I was like, this is a new church. I don't want to seem like mean. So I was like, okay, I'll stay on. But I'm telling you right now, that was the best thing that has ever happened to me because um, I remember last year, every single time I went, I only went when I had to play. But when I, when I went to play, I remember just feeling so inadequate because everyone else there was so good. And I just, I just didn't want to be there. I remember going home crying because I was like, like, Everyone is so good. I probably screwed up worship, and people couldn't worship because of me. Um, and it was just a really, really rough point in my life. And then um, I remember in the summer, I went to the summer con, and I know some of you guys were probably there. And the theme was saying yes to God. And when I got back, there was an opportunity to go to a training, like training program um, called Worship Central Youth Academy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. Since I'm already doing worship, I might as well get better at it. So um, I signed up. Little did I know that everyone there has already played for, like, chapel worship and are playing for their congregations. And I was just like, I'm the runt of the group again, and I just felt so discouraged. Um, so that program started in October. 
And then in November, um, one of the leaders reached out to me and asked me suddenly just to play for Chapel UBC. And I remember just that feeling, like that overwhelming feeling. And for those of you who don't know what Chapel UBC is, it's basically at the Chan Center. And there are hundreds of students who go. And I just felt so overwhelmed. And at first I said no, but then I realized how many of these opportunities are going to come about. And as I was doing reflecting and I was just thinking, I was like, God, why do you want me to, why, do you, why would you use me? You know, out of all people, there are people who are like pitch perfect. And, and there's me who needs so much help. And then this verse came along that just like came up in my head. And it comes from um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. Um, and it says that, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am made strong. And I just, it just stuck to me this year just because... Um, when I was at this place, like, he called me to do things that I was not qualified to do. Like, if he called me to bake, like, I would be so excited. But no, he called me to play piano, and um, a lot of Asian kids don't like piano because we were forced to play it for a very long time. <laughs> so I was, I was just like, God, why are you using me for that purpose? But um, it was when I, it was at those weak points where I was like, wow, like, God is using me because I can only rely on his power, and his power is the greatest. And um, and in the end, like, it doesn't matter if you're not adequate because if God is calling you to something, he will naturally put those skills into you um, to do what he has called you to do. And um, I encourage you, like, um, if you're in a place of comfort, to step into what God is calling you. It may be really challenging, um, and I know being comfortable feels so good, but um, you know what feels even better, and I didn't realize it until this year, but knowing that God is pushing you and that God is using you and doing greater things through you. And I realized that last year um, it was a setup to step up into what I am called to do and what God wants me to do. And, um, yeah, so actually last week I was just at camp and the theme was immeasurably more, to do more, that there is more. And um, the theme came from Ephesians 3.20, which says, (laughs) Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Um, He is doing immeasurably more in our lives if we let him. And I remember when I came back from camp, so that was just like a couple days ago, um, I really wanted to, I had Worship Central Youth Academy again. And I was like, okay, I have to go. This is my second last week. Once this is done, everything's over. So unfortunately, our bus was late and I couldn't go. And I remember just going home, and I was just so upset because I was like, this is my second last week. Like, what's going to happen? It's just going to end. And this voice just comes in, and he just, someone just says, or, well, it's my voice in my head, but it's, I know it's God. Um, and he was just saying, like, um, like, Etana, this is just the beginning. Like, why are you saying it's going to end? Like, I have so much more in store for you. You were just at camp saying how there is more. There is more coming for your life. And I'm saying that there is more that God's going to do in your life, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Like, God is, has so much more planned for you. Um, and it's just whether you let him in and let him just take control over it. Um, we, have, we all have dreams, and he is able to multiply so, so much. Like, whatever we dream of, he can multiply that by a hundredfold, and it's incredible. And we are all called to play a part. And um, this Bible verse also that I thought of um, that came to me was 1 Corinthians 7, verse until 31, but I just shortened it because it's very long. Um, so, I, so this is, like, the main 
points, but just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Um, now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. God has called every single one of us to do a different part. And I know sometimes you may think like, oh, no one's going to see it. No one's going to see it. But like the stomach, no one sees the stomach. But without the stomach, you're not going to be digesting food and like all that kind of stuff. So like um, we're all called to do something different. And it doesn't matter if your part is small or big because everything works together and to maintain um, the health of the body and um, the, really the health of the church if we all step into what we're called to do, um, the church will be really healthy. Um, And I just really wanted to just remind everyone that you are called um, to do great things. It's everyone is called. It's whether um, you respond to that and whether you say yes and not just say yes, but actually take those opportunities. Because I know I, when I was like younger, I would be like, yes, God, yes, use me. But then when something came about, I would just be like, no, God, no. Um, So it's really just... um, like taking those opportunities and I know it's scary and I know it's challenging and I know it's you're getting out of your comfort zone but um I'm telling you right now that once you take those opportunities it's it's exhilarating and um it's incredible so yeah that's really just what I wanted to talk about